0: Hello everyone. It's Jared Barnes here and welcome to the Jared Barnes show. Today is Sunday, July 26th and yet yesterday was a gigantic day in sports and I normally don't do episodes on the weekends. I normally just, lately I've been just doing one episode a week and with the fact that the sports world is literally just about to take off. Like it was just like barely anything for a long time, just really nothing. And now we're at a point where it's like Everything is about to just skyrocket just through the roof. It's insane what the sports world is about to happen in the sports world. And I realized that I'm going to have to be on it more. And I'm probably going back to two episodes a week. And, uh, yeah, this was kind of that surprise episode. But if you enjoy this episode, uh, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Um, Also, share it with a friend. Help us grow and if you if you liked it you know leave a review do your thing share it with somebody if you didn't just pretend it never freaking happened and we'll move on but yeah it's a great sunday here and uh let's just get right into the topics that i want to discuss today not a lot of them but i have a lot of detail in these topics so yeah and the first one is the clear and obvious one jamal adams got traded Jamal Adams was traded to the Seattle Seahawks on Saturday, and it was a crazy trade. Like, it just—I mean, everybody expected Jamal Adams to get traded. Nobody knew when exactly it was going to happen, but literally, I think it was Friday news drop that he was unhappy with Adam Gase. He didn't think Adam Gase was the right leader for the Jets organization, and. He had beef with Adam Gase, and he made it very open and clear to every single person on the planet, and it worked. It got him moved. He got traded. He got what he won. Now, the details of the trade were released, and it's a doozy, man. It's a big one. So the Jets received Bradley McDougal, the Seahawks' 2021 first-round pick, and their 2021 third-round pick, and they also received the Seahawks' 2022 first-round draft pick. So two first-round picks for Jamal Adams. Insane. Literally insane. And the only thing the Seahawks got was Jamal Adams and a 2022 fourth-round draft pick from the Jets. If you look at the trade on paper right now, literally right now, I would say the Jets won this trade. Adams got what he wanted. He finally is out of New York. And the Jets the Jets just received a King's ransom for him, really. And when you look at the Seattle Seahawks secondary now, they have Jamal Adams, they have Shaq Griffin, they have Trey Flowers, Quentin Dunbar, and Quandre Diggs. That is a secondary that I like a lot. Honestly, I like that secondary a lot. When you also look around at the Seattle Seahawks defense, they have Jaron Reed at defensive tackle. They still have Bruce Irvin and K.J. Wright, let alone one of the best linebackers in the game in Bobby Wagner. He is getting older, yes, but he's still one of the better linebackers, middle linebackers, that is in the NFL today. And... They have a couple, you know, up-and-coming rookie guys, like younger guys that could possibly really take off. And that's maybe why they let Jadavion Clowney go. I mean, their pass rush could be a very, you know, it could be a real issue for them this year. But that secondary is very, very talented. They have very talented linebackers. They have rookie linebackers and younger linebackers that can help fill the the void and, the, you know. They got great mentors, and Bruce Irvin, KJ Wright, Bobby Wagner teaching these young guys on that defense. So, it seems like a recipe for success. John Ryan and Pete Carroll have done their best over the last couple years to keep the Seahawks in the conversation for a Super Bowl. And this is a trade you make if you feel like it could win your team a Super Bowl. This isn't a trade you make if your team's not in the position to do that. You don't make a trade like this if your team's not in the position. We've seen teams do this in the past, and it's completely straddled them. Look at the Bears. They traded two first-round draft picks for Khalil Mack after trading up one spot to get Trubisky. They were completely straddled for draft picks this year. I don't think they had a pick until the third round. I mean, it's not a good look for them at all. And they're not even—last year, they weren't they were okay. They were an okay team. They didn't win their division. I think they finished third in their division. Not great. Not good at all. And, But their team honestly was never in a position to win the Super Bowl. They just saw a prime opportunity to get one of the better defensive players in the league, and they went out and did it. Unlike the Seahawks, they saw a prime opportunity to get one of the better safeties in the league, and their team is already in a position to possibly be you know, a Super Bowl contender, and now doing that, it could help put them over the edge in the NFC which is a tough conference. You have the 49ers. You have the, the, the New Orleans Saints. You have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You have the Minnesota Vikings. There are some real teams in the NFC that could be real problems. And the NFC West isn't an easy division. Like I said, you had the 49ers. They have a great defense, and they have a great offensive mind that is running that offense in Kyle Shanahan. It's not an easy division at all. And not only that, you have Sean McVay, who is a great offensive mind. Yeah, they might not be as good as they used to. They still have Aaron Donald. And Sean McVay still calling plays. Then you have the young young buck in Arizona, Cliff Kingsbury. He's a great offensive mind. I don't know if it's going to translate yet to the NFL. It's way too early to tell. But he also has Kyler Murray. And they have D-Hot now. Kenyon Drake. Like, that offense could be something. It's going to be real interesting to watch the NFC West. But back to the trade thing, like, you just don't give that much up for a player if you don't feel like they're going to get you a Super Bowl ring. And honestly, I honestly feel like if in the next two or three years, if the Seahawks don't win a Super Bowl, they lost out on that trade massively. I mean massively. Massively. And I kind of want to talk about what the Seahawks gave up when you compare it to other trades. So, I already mentioned the Bears, and I'm going to go back to that. When they traded for Khalil Mack, they gave up two first-round draft picks, a third-rounder, and a sixth-rounder, and that's what they gave Oakland. In return, the Bears received Mack, a 2020 second round draft pick and conditional fifth round draft picks so in hindsight the Raiders seem to have won that trade to me in my opinion right now the Raiders won that trade but what the Bears gave up to get Mac feels like they uh, if you look at the Jamal Adams trade they could have got more in return I mean this was two three years ago but still you get it you understand completely and that's just, that's a lot to give up with not a whole lot in return. I have real problems with it. And another interesting trade to compare it to is Pittsburgh trading for Minka. Now, Pittsburgh traded the 20, their 2020 first round draft pick to the Dolphins. And they gave a fifth round pick and a 2021 6th round draft pick as well to the Dolphins. And in return, they received Minka, and they received a 2024 rounder and a 2021 seventh-rounder. So you look at that and you're like, hmm. Minka and Adams, honestly, they're, they're two different types of safeties. Don't get me wrong. But one is not significantly better than the other. I mean, I'm not wrong. I know I'm not. Because when you look at what Minka was able to do this year with the Steelers, he came in, changed the culture of that defense, changed that defense. That was a team. The Pittsburgh Steelers were a team that after Ben went down, they honestly I, – I live in southwestern Pennsylvania. Everybody in southwestern Pennsylvania honestly thought there was no way the Steelers were going to even win four or five games. The Steelers won eight because that defense got completely flipped on its head the same week Ben got hurt because they traded for Minka. And I remember on the radio, Pittsburgh, uh, 93.7, the fan, they did not like the Minka trade like the first week at all. Their biggest concern was Ben just went down. We traded our first-round pick when we would would have had a high first-round pick and could have landed a guy like Tua, Justin Herbert, or nobody even thought at the time, Joey Burrow. Like, nobody thought at the time, Joe Burrow, but you see what happens. And looking back, nobody in the Steelers organization regrets trading for Minka because they only had to give up a first-round draft pick to get him, really. That's all they really gave up. And they were going to have to draft a safety anyways. So why not take one of the better available young players in the league, they said, In exchange for just like one first round draft pick. And it worked out in their favor magnificently. Magnificently. Wow, that was tough. (laughs) And the first week he was there, he completely changed the defense. I think Adams does that for Seattle as well. Because he is... Minka is more of a... You put him back there and he will stop the pass. Like he will just... That's his thing. He will lock down the back half of the defense. Jamal Adams is more of a run support safety. But like I said... They're different, but one is not significantly better than the other. But if you look at what the Steelers gave up to get Minka, and you look at what the Seahawks gave up to get Jamal Adams, you would think otherwise, honestly. And it's, it's insane what they gave up. And it, it kind of bothers me a little bit. Because the Jets made out in this deal. And... That is what bothers me. I like I don't dislike the Jets at all. But they got they did what they had to do. They got rid of a player who likely wasn't going to play for them anyways this season. And they got massive pieces to build on in the future. But I don't trust them to make the right decisions at all. Mainly because Adam Gase is still their head coach. Adam Gase was bashed mightily this week by Jamal Adams. And you know what? It was probably well-deserved. Especially when you look at Gase's track record, especially recently in the last couple of years. You look at certain players. For example, Ryan Tannehill and Devontae Parker. Both got out from underneath Gase this season. And now look at both of them. Tannehill's just signed a massive contract to be the starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans one year after every team in the league saw him as a backup quarterback. Every team. I honestly don't believe there was one team in the league after Tannehill got re- traded or released. I can't remember if he was traded or released. Either way, doesn't matter. They viewed Tannehill as a starting caliber NFL quarterback. But yet, look at him now. And Devontae Parker looked like a bust, honestly. And Gase left. Flores came in. The team gets in shambles. Kenny Stills gets shipped away. Laramie Tunsil gets shipped away. Minka gets shipped away. It looks like they're tanking. Fitzpatrick comes in. He plays quarterback. uh, Josh Rosen looked like a... uh, He didn't know what he was doing out there. I like the guy, Josh Rosen, but... It just did not look good for the Dolphins. And out of nowhere, Devontae Parker just seemed to catch on like he like he figured it all out. And honestly, he was one of the bright spots of the that one of the few bright spots that the Dolphins really had this season. And towards the end of the season they had more and more and it looked better for them. But you know, I think maybe being called out publicly. Is a good thing for Adam Gase. Honestly. Maybe he will realize. That he has to do better. He has to be better. And maybe he'll. We'll see a different Adam Gase. I hold out hope for all Jets fans. And you know. I feel for y'all right now. This sucks for y'all. You just lost one of your best players. On your roster. But I hate to say it. The. Even right now in the AFC East, you guys were—I don't think you guys were going to be that overly competitive. Buffalo Bills are just rising. The Patriots lost Brady and then got Newton. They're rising. Let's be honest here. And the Dolphins—I mean, it just—it looked like the Jets might have been the worst team in the AFC East, and now they just. Dump their best player it's not looking good for Jets fans I feel for every one of you but look at the key pieces you got for the future you got one of the better young quarterbacks in the league stay positive folks let's stay positive positive. and you know I hope to see a different Adam Gase but I feel like there's a good chance that he'll just be himself and not change but I just hope that you know that he does I hope he has a come-to-Jesus moment, really, is what I'm hoping for. Just for you Jets fans. And partly I'm just hoping for that just for the sake of Darnold. I would, I, I, do not want to see Gase almost utterly destroy the early part of Darnold's career and possibly screw up his mechanics because Darnold is such a talented quarterback, man. Darnold is such a talent. Honestly, you Jets fans are very lucky to have a young guy like him Sadly, you have Gase, but hopefully, hopefully, Gase has that come to Jesus moment and turns it all around. Because, you know, I feel for y'all. I really do. It, I really do feel for y'all. But yeah, that was kind of my take on the whole Jamal Adams thing. It's kind of long. That's I think the longest I've ever done any topic on this show. It looks like I'm like 16 minutes in right now. So yeah, but uh, I want to talk about the Knicks and Tom. Thibodeau, um, the Knicks and Tom Thibodeau are finalizing what looks to be like a five-year contract, which would make Thibodeau the new Knicks head coach. <sighs> Knicks, I don't believe in Tom Thibodeau. I think he's a a good coach. Um, I'm I'm gonna take that back. I I, it's not that I don't believe in Tom Thibodeau. I just wish they would have hired someone else. Personally. You know, I feel for Knicks fans sometimes, man. Y- y'all have been bad for so long, and you don't deserve it, honestly. You're the mecca of the basketball world, people say, but yet you have the, the worst basketball team. It makes no sense. But that's partly just because, you know, James Dolan. I personally don't think that there was many people that could have come in or that will come in to change the Knicks until James Dolan sells the team. I seriously don't believe they will be really good or competitive until that happens. I mean, look even this year, I mean, the dude just disrespected one of your biggest fans and biggest supporters of all time. Spike I mean, what he did to Spike Lee was uncalled for and ridiculous. I have real problems with it. Some people was like, oh, it's no big deal, but like that's the that is your main guy. Like he stuck by the Knicks through thick and thin. And I got problems with that. I was personally, and I'll be honest, I was personally hoping that the Knicks would hire either Jason Kidd or Patrick Ewing. Personally. I think Kidd is going to be a hot commodity in the coming year or so in the coaching ranks of the NBA. He's going to be wanted by everybody. I I think he might even end up with a head coaching job after the season this year. Honestly, it could have very well, likely happen. I don't know who's gonna not, fi- who's gonna fire or not fire their head coach. I'm not all into the NBA like that. I follow it because I really, I'll be honest, I really do love football and basketball the most. I like other sports, but football and basketball, I just absolutely love. I love football, and then second is basketball, and then I just like other sports. I'm not a big baseball guy. Like I had no baseball to talk about today. Opening day was Thursday. And I have no baseball to talk about because I just love football and basketball so much. And that's why, you know, I got plans to do some stuff with some baseball people because just to learn more and stuff like that. But, yeah. But going back to the the Knicks coaching thing, you know, I really like Jason Kidd as a head coach. He's going to, like I said, he's going to be a hot commodity. He could end up with a head coaching job next season. If not, he might still be with the Lakers next season. Who knows? I don't. i tell you that. And Ewing was an interesting option to me. I heard his name get mentioned like once. And it wasn't really seriously mentioned. And uh, I really, when I heard his name mentioned, I was like, ooh, that's an intriguing option for the Knicks. I really liked it. Because he knows what winning basketball for the Knicks is. He knows. He was there. He went to an NBA Finals. He didn't win it, but he went to one. He knows. And for the Knicks, I thought it was going to be good to get a guy like that in there. That was, you know, he was at the Knicks before. He knows winning basketball. He appreciates the history of the Knicks. Like, I thought that would be a great hire. And they just didn't choose him either. So, yeah. I feel for you Knicks fans. I really hope Tom Thibodeau can come in there and just whip the whole thing around and get you guys winning but I don't know if he will and if he does that's great but I don't feel like he's going to and uh yeah I'm gonna take a short break real quick and then uh I'm gonna come back with my feelings on the NBA bubble and not the not the NBA bubble itself but like The NBA season that's going to take place in the bubble. I gave my awards out on the last episode and I really just want to talk more on how I feel like the season could go and guys that I'm looking forward to watching and things that I'm intrigued to see. But yeah, I'll be right back. All right, everybody, I'm back. And like I said before I went on my break to get a drink and stuff like that, I gave out my NBA awards on my last episode and I haven't, I realized that I haven't really talked about how I feel about the NBA season that's upcoming, that's going to be taking place in the bubble. Now, I feel like this is a real prime opportunity for some NBA players to, I mean, really show us whether or not they are the real deal and that they can get it done, if you know what I'm saying. Like, they can really be that guy, you know? Like, I feel like there's some real, there's like five or six different players that really have a lot to prove in the bubble and that will really shock some people and will turn some head and make some names. I'm not going to go into all of them, but like, I really feel like Shea Gildas Alexander really might, you know, like, really turn some heads. I feel like Ben Simmons got a lot to show. Jason Tatum. It's a lot of the younger guys that I feel like have a lot to show. And then some older guys, too, that haven't really shown that they can, like, win in the playoffs like Dame, like i feel like dame has a real chip on his shoulder to really show something i feel like the blazers could make some noise i don't feel like they're gonna you know really do anything but i feel like they're gonna be fun to watch and they're gonna make some noise but i'm really excited to see the 76ers that's that is the team in the that's one of the teams in the east that i'm intrigued and excited to see the most other than the celtics and it's not just the 76ers, but it's specifically Ben Simmons. I really believe for the 76ers to really, you know, take a take a step forward, take a step up. Last year they were they were in, I mean they were in it. They were really in it, and they really had a shot until the the bounce, you know, Kawhi shot that bounced in, and I I honestly thought they could have went. The whole way they might have taken out the Warriors in the finals if they made it there, but they were derailed and they struggled this season out of the gate a little bit, from what I remember. And that I really believe that the 76ers need Simmons to step it up a notch while down there in the bubble. If they especially if they want to make a legit run at the championship this year. Because I feel like they have the roster to do so. I mean, last year, they definitely did. This year, I feel like they do not more, but about to the same degree that they did last year. And in the first scrimmage game that we saw the 76ers in action, Ben Simmons took a three without hesitation and made it. And uh, to me, that was somewhat a big deal. Other people I saw on Instagram, people were commenting, we just going to post a they it was be, I think Bleacher Report posted it. And one of the top comments is, we're just going to post every single time this dude takes a three-pointer. But like, I don't think that person that commented that realized that that is somewhat of a big deal. That he, without hesitation, the second he got the ball, just went, shot that thing. And that shows me that even somewhat, he's a little more confident. And that could be huge for the 76ers if Ben Simmons is more confident. Because he is one of the, I think he's he has the chance to be one of the more talented players in the NBA if he can get that shot figured out. I mean, if he can get that shot figured out, he could have a really, an NBA, MVP season is what he'll have. I said NBA, but I meant to say MVP. You get it. I'm. Sh- it's late. <laughs> I worked all day today. I'm a little tired. But this episode is something I felt like I, I had to do. And I wanted to do it. I really did. And the NBA is intriguing to me, though. Especially in the bubble. Because this is a massive stage for these NBA players to be on right now. Massive. Never has the country just been completely deprived of sports for months on end. And then just gotten them all back at one time. Like, not once has that ever happened. In the entire time. That the U.S. of A. has had sports. And everyone that likes sports in general will be watching the NBA. At least a little bit. The bubble could make or break the future. This might be a little dramatic. But I do believe that the bubble could make or break the future. Of some of these younger and younger teams and younger players in, that are together right now. I'm specifically talking about the 76ers, but I know for sure this. This is one thing that I know for sure. The East is going to be a hell of a time to watch. I'll tell you that. I don't believe the Bucs are just going to walk through the East with ease and just cakewalk it to the finals. I really don't. I believe the Celtics are really going to push the Bucks. I think it's the Bucs, the Celtics just right behind them, The 76ers a little lower maybe. And everybody else is pretty much even with the 76ers or lower after that. And, you know, the Celtics, I like the chemistry that that team has. I like Kemba. I really like Kemba. And I really feel like Jason Tatum could really come out in this bubble and really just just do some damage. And... I honestly could see it's not a popular. I don't know if it's a popular opinion right now. I don't know, but I can honestly see the Celtics dethroning the Bucks right now and uh, representing the East in the NBA Finals. Now in the West, like I said, I think the early when the season kicks off, I think that Dame is going to make some noise. I think Dame is going to go off. I think the Trailblazers are going to make some noise. They're going to be a fun team to watch. They could really do some damage, but they got a long road ahead. I don't know if they're going to be able to do anything in the playoffs. This is what I do know about the West. Though. There is one player with a massive chip on his shoulder. That is LeBron James. I think it's unmatched, honestly, the chip that is on his shoulder. Just due to everything that has transpired, In his career in the last, I don't know, two years. Last year, his first year in LA was the first time he had made the playoffs. in. I don't know how long, honestly. Ever since I started watching basketball, all I know is that I have seen LeBron in the playoffs. And last year, I didn't. And it didn't feel right. And he's ready to show everyone. I mean, I don't have to go into everything that happened. We all know what happened in January. I'm not even going to say it. We all know that it really affected the Lakers organization and the chip that is on his shoulder because of that, because now he feels like he is the guy that has the burden to bear on his back that he now represents and that all these younger guys are going to be, they, they look at him just as much as they looked at Kobe and I think he 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 knew it, but he didn't realize it. Well, I don't know if he did or not. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to say that. But he wants to show everyone, yet again, that he is the best basketball player in the world right now, even at his age. What he's been able to do at his age this season has been insane. And the Lakers will have a tough road ahead. Don't get me wrong. Getting through the West is going to be tough because you have shocking teams like the Thunder who are a tough fought team. Billy Donovan's a great coach and you have teams like the Nuggets. I mean, that tall ball lineup looks good, (laughs) but Nuggets normally when they get to the playoffs, they don't do so well. They don't do so hot and that's kind of their thing. But, it's not easy. The, the West is not easy. Especially when you run into the Rivers-led and Kawhi Leonard-led Los Angeles Clippers. And I feel like that's... Those are the two teams that will make it to the the Western Conference Finals right there. And that's going to be a... Whew, man. I mean, you talk about fun series if that does happen. The Clippers, they'll go toe-to-toe. It'll be a seven-game series and the Lakers will be seriously tested, but the chip, the massive chip and monkey that is on LeBron's back right now, he will po- he will pound through, and he will he will show the world why. Because last year he wasn't in the playoffs, and everybody was like, "Oh, playoff Kawhi, real thing." I mean, don't mess a playoff Kawhi. And uh, I-, I think it it pissed LeBron off a little bit because it almost seemed like people just forgot how great LeBron is. But I believe the Lakers will be the team that represents the West. And they. I, I, I'm i honestly torn between who I think will represent the East. I think it's either going to be the Bucs or the Celtics. I really do. And, you know, whether the Lakers play the Bucs or the Celtics, I seriously believe that LeBron, AD, and the Lakers will win the NBA championship this year in the bubble with all eyes on them. Everybody will be watching. It's going to be a fun time. This, the the NBA season that's about to happen, like the eight games or whatever, the playoffs, all of that, it's going to be massively fun to watch. You got some baseball to watch too. It's a great time to be a sports fan right now. I'm literally so pumped. And I just realized how much work that this is going to be to follow everything because we just went from having nothing to having everything again. It's insane what's about to happen in the sports world. I'm so excited. And I'm just so thankful to the people that listen to my podcast, follow my stuff that I do and support me. Because this is something that I have said a lot. This is something that I want to do as a job one day. I want to do this full time for for the rest of my life, to be completely honest with you. I love sports to death. I mean, that's my major in college is sport management. Like you know i just want to work i want to do this personally and with your support and everything like that the love that you y'all all gave me on my youtube video that i posted the week in review and sports was insane i just want to thank you guys so much for that and like i've been reflecting a lot lately on it and when i first started it it's it was a struggle but now i'm really starting to really feel good about what i'm doing and feeling very much more confident in what i'm doing feeling more confident as an individual and that's because of you guys. That's because of the people that support me and show the love. And I just wanted to say thank you. You guys mean a lot to me. Honestly, it means so much to me. The, the messages I get and the support that I receive from all of you is insane. I will never. It's something that I will never. I don't know if I can really fully describe how much it means to me personally. It just. I just want you to know that I. I truly do want to thank every single one of you from the bottom of my heart because it means so much and continue to support me continue to you know to to like my stuff and do all that stuff I I I greatly appreciate it and I just want to thank you for the support you give me now and the support you'll give me in the future man I'm just kind of having a heart-to-heart right now and it just means a lot and man yeah that's pretty much all I had for you today, though. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast. Uh, definitely check out the YouTube videos. They'll be they'll be on YouTube. And, uh, Man, thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for supporting yet again. And uh, have a great rest of your, uh, I guess, weekend. Have a great Sunday. Have a great week. Uh, you guys are here for me again soon. Thank you guys so much. I'm out.